Welcome to The Theatre Project. Today, The Theatre Project is thinking about up-and-coming playwrights. First place winner of our 2023 Young Playwrights Competition, Elise Harvey, introduces an audio reading of her award-winning play, Alastair's Garden, followed by an interview with our 2021 first place winner, Brennan Columbia Walsh. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. My name is Brennan Columbia Walsh, and I have the distinct honor today to interview one of the winners of the 2023 Young Playwrights Competition for the Theater Project, Elise Harvey, for her play, Alistair's Garden. How are you, Elise? Uh, I'm doing really good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm very excited to do this and to once again be involved with the theater project. Uh, I want to first off by saying congratulations. You wrote an excellent play and the theater project did a wonderful job with it for the festival. Thank you. It is so crazy to see my work being portrayed like that. And it's just an honor to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're feeling? What was it like to see your play in the competition? Just seeing words that I wrote being portrayed and said by professional actors was completely crazy for me. I had never really done anything like this before. This was my first time submitting to a competition like this. And the only time I had heard my work read before was in classes that I did with my local theater school. And it was the first time that I felt like, wow, this is really happening. My play is actually being performed. That's fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I go to high school at Hillsborough High School, and I also go part-time to Somerset County Vocational and Technical High School for the theater program. Very cool. And how did you kind of happen upon the theater project's competition? Actually, speaking of Somerset County Vocational and Technical High School, I had my teacher, Joe Mancuso, he sent a email to our class talking about this competition and suggesting that if we wanted to write something, we could. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll give it a try. And before we actually get to the unique opportunity of listening and seeing the play on this podcast, I first want to ask you two questions. And the first one is, what is your favorite play that you've read or seen? And second, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit of an introduction without giving anything away in regard to Alistair's Garden. My favorite play that I've ever read was actually the play I was assigned to read for a project. It's The Children's Hour by Lillian Hellman. I just thought that it was such a revolutionary play for its time, and it just really captivated me in the way that the characters speak to each other and the dialogue and how I could still understand what was going on in the emotions, even though it was written quite a long time ago. That's excellent. For my play, I would give an introduction by saying Alistair's Garden is a sort of whimsical play with fantastical elements that explores love and loss in the setting of this garden that is important to many of the characters in the play. And it also explores the idea of imaginary friends and 
when it should be okay to let imaginary friends go and really imaginary friends and their purpose in our lives and how sometimes we need them more than they need us. Very nice. I'm very happy then to introduce Alistair's Garden by Elise Harvey, one of the winners of the 2023 Young Playwrights Competition at the Theatre Project. Enjoy. Alistair's Garden by Elise Harvey. The scene opens on a beautiful garden. Penelope, a young girl of six or seven, skips through the garden holding a doll. Penelope, come inside and get ready. You know how your Nana gets when we're late. Coming. Whoa. That's a pretty locket. Wait till I show mom. A boy appears, holding a stuffed bear. That's mine! Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I I didn't know. You can have it back if you like. Thank you. How did you end up in my backyard? And why are you here? Sorry, I didn't mean to intrude. I just noticed that you have a very beautiful garden. Your daisies look like they need more sunlight, though. I don't take care of the garden. It's boring. It's my mom's garden. Never mind, then. It's a beautiful garden. I would just rearrange the daisies and the hydrangeas. Hydrangeas don't need as much sunlight. You know a lot about flowers. Do you like gardening? I love it! My mom loves gardening too. She says the garden is her happy place. I know what she means. She only grows flowers though. Her boyfriend, Warren, wants her to grow vegetables. He's a psychiatrist. What's a psychiatrist? Uh, not sure. I think they have to be smart. Warren is very smart. Is that why he wants your mom to grow vegetables? Vegetables are very practical. Yep, but my mom doesn't want to. She says that she doesn't want to grow things her heart doesn't need. Nothing fills your heart like gardening. Mm, If that's what you like. I prefer toys. Toys fill my heart pretty good. I like your doll. Thanks. I like your bear. Want to trade? Sure. They trade. What's her name? I don't know. I never thought to give her one. You can name her whatever you like. I'll name her Kate. You can't give her that name. My mom already has that name. Can't she just share it? I guess so. I didn't know you could do that. What's your name? Penelope. Penelope, will you be my most best friend? Your most best friend? There's a lot of best friends in the world, but I want us to be most best. Huh. Okay. I'll be your most best friend. Great! 
Do you want to play with me? Oh, I would love to, but I have to go to my Nana's. Nana Alice or Nana Luann? Uh, Nana Luann. Nana Alice isn't alive anymore. Oh, I didn't realize. Wait, how did you know? Penelope, let's go. I'm coming. I just got distracted by some stuff I found. Where did you get that? It's from my new friend. I just found him too. Uh, you found someone out here? Yep. Say hi, new friend. Hello. Oh, I think I see him now. Hello there, young man. Hello, Kate. Do you know what his name is? Mm, no. I'm not very good at names. I have an idea. How about Alistair? That's a stupid name. No, it's perfect. He says it's perfect. I'm glad he likes it. Now hurry up and show Alistair to the car. Come on, Alistair. Time passes. It's six years later. I can't believe we start middle school tomorrow. Are you scared? Why would I be scared when I have the best friend in the whole world? You're right. We can do this. <laughs> Definitely. In the kitchen, Kate and Warren are preparing dinner. Did you pack lunch for Penelope yet? Oh, shoot. I knew I was forgetting something. It's okay. I got it. Thank you so much, Warren. You can just pack her a ham and cheese sandwich and a juice pouch. Actually, skip the juice pouch. Add a can of sparkling lemonade. She's in middle school now. We need to start getting more sophisticated with the beverages. Got it. I'll be sure to make the best ham and cheese sandwich in the history of ham and cheese sandwiches. I'm sure you will, honey. Oh, and pack a container of strawberries for Alistair. You want me to pack something for Alistair? I've been packing something for him since Penelope was six. I don't want to change that just yet. Don't you think it might be time to sit Penelope down and have a talk with her about Alistair? Please, Warren, I'm sure she already understands everything I could possibly tell her. She's old enough. I'm not so sure about that. Listen, Kate, I know it's hard, but the girl's 12 years old. She's not a toddler that you need to protect from reality. She knows how the world works. This Alistair thing is just going to get weirder if you pretend it's normal. The sooner you sit down and talk to her about it, the better. I guess you're right. But can we do it after dinner? I'm starving. Deal. So <laughs> do you want me in the room or? I, I think it's better if, if I just do this myself. You got it. I'm really proud of you for doing this. Thanks. I hope Alistair will forgive me. Meanwhile, back in the garden. I think the lilies are dying. I've never seen them bloom. They're not dying. They're morning lilies. They bloom in the morning. You would see them if you didn't sleep till noon every day. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, Penelope, can I talk to you? Sure, Mom. 
Is it okay if Alastair listens? Uh, sure. Listen, I know that you and Alastair are very, very good friends. We're most best friends. But don't you think it's time to start making some new friends? What's wrong with Alastair? Well, uh, he's... I'm what? He's not real. That's ridiculous. Of course I'm real, right, Penelope? He's... he's real to me, Mom. Wait, Penelope, what are you talking about? Alistair, um... Do you remember that day in the garden when we first met? Of course! It was the best day of my life! What do you remember before that happened? Well, I remember... Um, it... Nothing, actually. That's the day I made you up. What? You're my imaginary friend. This is a joke, right? I'm not your imaginary friend. I I'm your real friend. We traded toys. I've played countless games at your house. You've told me things you've never told anybody else. I'm your real friend, your most best friend. I imagine Alistair isn't taking this very well. Yep. You might want to step inside. Kate exits. Wait a minute. Can she not see me? Technically, I'm the only one who can see you. All this time, Kate, Warren, Nana? They couldn't see me? They just pretended I existed? Yes, I, I'm sorry. I, I, it's okay. I'll be fine. I'm the friend in the whole world. About that, I don't think we can be most best friends anymore. What? Most kids let go of their imaginary friends by first grade, and I've brought you all the way to middle school. I need real friends. I can't spend the rest of my life talking to myself. Uh, I'm so sorry, Alistair, but you need to go. I have to move on with my life. What about my life? Am I supposed to just... Sit in the dirt picking daisies for the rest of my imaginary days? You can find new friends. I can't. I'm... I'm sorry. Penelope leaves. I guess I'll just sleep in the garden tonight. 
Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Middle School. I'm Mr. Blackberry, and I'm very excited for you to be in my class this year, or one of my classes. This is middle school. It gets wild. Please write down three things you did this summer in your notebooks, and we'll go around and share them in a few minutes. Um, okay. Uh... Over the summer, I... She looks puzzled. She can't think of an answer. Then Alistair enters. Caught fireflies? Leave me alone. I'm just giving you things to write about. Maybe you could write about all the ice cream that we ate, or the canoe we rode in, or were those things imaginary too? I said leave me alone. Who is she talking to? Maybe you could write about how you tore my imaginary heart out when you told me I wasn't real. I said, leave me alone. She's crazy. Maybe she escaped from some insane asylum over the summer. She's already messed everything up. Go home. Go home. I don't even know where home is. Kate stands in the kitchen. Penelope storms in. Hey. How was your first? My first day of school was horrible. Thanks for asking. Oh, slow down. What happened? It's all Alistair's fault. He wouldn't leave me alone. I tried to tell him to go away and he just kept bothering me. I got fed up and yelled at him and now everyone at school thinks I'm a freak. That's what happened. Wow, you sound like you had a rough day. I'm sorry. Mom. Yes, Penelope. Why won't they leave us alone? Imaginary friends, I mean. Why can we never seem to let them go? Well, I, I guess you could say they're a part of us. We need them. They're an escape. They protect our innocence. They make us feel better. <laughs> but... As we get older, we have to become our own imaginary friends. We have to find that safety inside ourselves. We have to trust ourselves to handle our own problems. We have to live with reality. I know it's hard, but I wholeheartedly believe you will be able to do it, Penelope. Have you ever had an imaginary friend? Yes, I have. And you were best friends? The most best. And you let them go? I... I did, eventually. Can you finish washing the silverware? I'm gonna go look at the garden for a second. If you see Alistair there, tell him thanks, but goodbye. I'll be sure to. Back in the garden, Alistair sits alone, heartbroken. Kate walks in with a small box. Hello, Alistair. You can see me? I could always see you. But I'm imaginary. I'm not real. I only exist if, if someone imagines me. Well, why do you think you're still here? 
Why are you imagining me? I guess you don't remember me. Maybe this will help. Kate pulls out a blue locket, identical to Alistair's locket. That looks like mine. Where do you think you got that locket? You, but when did you give it to me? I don't remember you giving anything to me. I, um, I gave it to you when you were alive. I, I was alive? A long, long time ago, when I was a little girl. I met you on a warm summer day in the greenhouse at Orchard Park. My mother had dragged me there to study the monarch butterflies. She was an entomologist. I was wandering around looking at the plants and there you were. You were crouched down studying a flower pot. You turned to me and you said, isn't this the most beautiful geranium you've ever seen? And even though I didn't know what a geranium was, I agreed with you. Then I kept seeing you at the greenhouse when I'd come with my mother. And before I knew it, we were best friends. Well, most best friends. That's what we called ourselves. We would hang out every single day. You taught me how to garden. We used to sit in my backyard for hours trying to get something to sprout. <laughs> it sounds boring, but it wasn't with you, Alistair. We were on top of the world. <laughs> and then you got sick. I visited you every day in the hospital and we talked for hours. We tried to grow plants in your hospital room in little pots, but they all wilted and uh, you wilted with them. My mom said that you were like a flower and without any sunlight, you stood no chance. When you died, I couldn't take it. I couldn't go outside because I couldn't bear to see the flowers that we planted. Every time I saw a bloom, a sprout, or, or even a weed, I heard your voice in my head. I heard you telling me exactly how much water they needed, exactly what kind of soil they would thrive in. Eventually, I started listening. <laughs> Gardening made me feel like you were still there, sitting next to me on a scorching summer day with a watering can nestled in your lap. <laughs> I started setting up all your old toys by the garden, pretending that you left them there. I started talking to you out loud. Eventually, I started believing you were really there. My parents noticed. They started taking me to therapy. Eventually, I, I managed to get you out of my head, or so I thought a few years ago. When Penelope was six, she was playing in this garden and she found a friend, an imaginary friend in the garden we planted together. She didn't have a name for him and I couldn't help it. 
You came flooding back. I kept you there, pretending that Penelope was the one that needed you. But it was me. I needed you. But I don't need you anymore. I'm okay now. Thank you for the garden. Thank you for everything. You were so much more than an imaginary friend. You're real. You're so real. You will always be my most realist, bestest friend. And you will always be mine. <laughs> Kate gives Alistair the blue locket. He puts it on. I'm gonna go now. But before I do that, check on your daffodils. They need more moisture. I will. Kate wipes her tears away. Alistair gives Kate a hug and walks away. Warren enters. Are you all right, Kate? Yes. <laughs> I'm great. For the first time in a while, actually. Great. Glad to hear that. Um, look, I know it was rough for Penelope to let Alistair go, but she'll get over it quickly. Trust me. I know she will. She's strong. The strongest. <laughs> wow. You really know what you're doing here. The garden looks the most radiant it's ever been. It really does. Alistair's Garden by Elise Harvey, directed by Dennis DePriel. Emmeline Williams played Penelope. Ilana Schimmel played Alistair. Anna Marie Sell played Kate. And Dennis DePriel played Warren. Well, that was truly excellent, Elise. A huge congratulations for writing such an inspiring and beautiful and whimsical indeed play. Truly congratulations. Can you please tell us about the writing process for this brilliant play? Yes. I remember actually I was sitting, I think it was my Italian class at my high school, and I was thinking about what I should write the play on. And then I just had this random memory of this book that I had seen in a toy store a really, really long time ago. And it was about this girl who had an imaginary friend, but it was from the perspective of the imaginary friend and how he didn't know that he was imaginary. And I thought, that's such an interesting concept. I wonder if I can do something different with that. And so I kind of just started writing from there. And my friends actually played a big part in the writing process because every time I would have a new idea or I wrote a little more, I would send a message to them. Hey, I wrote more. Can you look at it? And they would be so helpful and actually give me like good advice. And 
they were really just the only people that I felt comfortable sharing my script with. My parents didn't even know that I was writing the play until I told them I needed the entry fee for the contest. It was really a lot of just me and my friends going back and forth with ideas. And I'm just really thankful for them and the help that they provided me through this entire process. That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear not only that you have such a great community of friends around you who support your writing, but that clearly your parents did too, especially after you told them that you were a young playwright. It's really important to lean on community. And it sounds like you've done just that with your teacher and with your friends and with your parents. And there's certainly a lot of themes of friendship in this play. Can you explore for me the broader themes of Alistair's Garden? Yes. I think the main theme of Alistair's Garden is that losing someone is very, very hard. And it's going to take a long time to not even get over, because we never really even get over losing someone. But it's going to take a long time for us to be okay with the fact that that person is gone and accept that that person is gone. And sometimes we can even go into denial and think that they're still here. And so it really takes a lot to accept that. A lot of the times, people that are suffering with grief and loss don't really show it on the surface. I wrote the play so you wouldn't think that the main conflict is happening with the mother, Kate. But in reality, under the surface, she was struggling with the loss of her childhood best friend. And the way that she was able to accept that this had happened was the garden and taking care of the garden and using it as safe space and even a coping mechanism. And once she also had the support of her daughter and her boyfriend Warren and her family around her, then she could even let go of seeing Alistair in her mind. And that also relates back to the role that my friends and family have had with this play and really encapsulates that friends and family are important to everybody's life and they help us get through the hardest times and our toughest situations. And without these good people in our lives, we would be just lost. And so that's why it's so important to have a community of people that love you and care about you. I think you couldn't be more right, Elise. And you've done a wonderful job of communicating that theme of loss and of friendship I know that when I was watching the play at the uh, Young Players competition, when Kate says to Alistair that she could see him, it was a big surprise for me. It was a very wonderful twist on a pretty regular relationship that is between a young girl maybe and her imaginary friend or a, or a child and her imaginary friend. But to have Kate then communicate with them was something completely unexpected and it flipped the story on its head. And I think that goes perfectly in line with kind of the elements that you're talking about thematically. I also want to quote something else that I thought you did just brilliantly. It's in Kate's monologue when she's speaking about her youth with Alistair. And she says, I visited you every day in the hospital and we talked for hours. We tried to grow plants in your hospital room in little pots, but they all wilted and you wilted with them. My mom said that you were like a flower and without any sunlight, you stood no chance. I think that sentence might be my favorite in the entire play. 
It is just so perfectly sentimental, so beautiful, and it's a wonderful metaphor for everything you're trying to communicate. My question to you then is, how were you able to kind of unify all the elements of your story? I will say that it was really not easy to bring it all together at the end. I had all of these thoughts and I had all of these events that I knew I wanted to happen. And I think what really helped me was talking about it out loud and really stringing all the elements together, trying to explain it to somebody, whether that would be my friends again, or also my mom or my dad, just trying to explain what was happening and what would happen really helped me unify everything. And to see everything just kind of come together on stage was a truly incredible experience. Did the showing by the Fear Project and what you know, our wonderful creative team was able to come up with, did it match your vision in your head? Did it differ from it? Did it improve upon it or change it drastically? What was the contrast between your vision and the community's vision? It was pretty similar. I will say that. The parts that I struggled with and that I was a little bit unhappy with, that I just didn't know how to correct or fix, they were able to provide a solution for. For example, in the original scripts, I had this whole scene with classmates and this teacher and I knew in my head when you're actually casting and hiring for this play, you need to cast a whole separate actor to play the teacher for just one scene. She only has one line. And I was not very happy with that, but I didn't know how else to portray it. And when they did the interpretation, they switched it to a voiceover and they changed the gender of the character and they had the actor that was playing Warren just read the voiceover. And I thought, oh, why didn't I think of that? It was kind of a terrifying experience handing off my work to other people and having them do whatever they thought was best for it. But it was really beneficial for me because it just kind of refined it and did what I couldn't do. Well, that is certainly the magic of efficient and creative producers in the theater world. I'm happy that you got to experience that. Do you walk around the streets or the hallways of school calling yourself a playwright now? Um, it's definitely something that I think I can more do as a career now. I have a lot more confidence in it. And I actually did get recognized by a couple of people that I knew. My teachers were congratulating me because there was an article that came out on the Borough Bunch. And everyone was like, oh, congratulations. That's so weird. That's awesome. Yeah. You're like a celebrity. That's fantastic. And I'm happy that you are considering it for you know, the long run and that you are recognized. That's really just fantastic and has to be an awesome feeling. So are you working on any new projects now? What's next for Young Blair and Elise? I have been working on a couple of other plays. I did submit one other play, but to a different competition but I did not place. But that was also a good experience for me because I was able to tell myself, hey, you took a risk and it didn't work, but that's all right. And I just kept writing. That's what it's all about. So what's next for you in life in general? Are you going into your senior year? I'm going into my junior year. Oh my gosh, a sophomore winner. Wow, that's fantastic. 
And so your junior high school, what are you expecting? Definitely nervous to be an upperclassman. Mm-hmm. It's also just surreal because I don't feel like a junior, but I'm almost a junior. Well, that feeling never quite goes away. So that's something to get used to. But I promise you it will be a lot of fun. So enjoy it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we log off here? I just want to say to anyone that might be listening that is in a place where they feel they have writer's block or they're nervous about sending their work out to other people. The worst that can happen is that it doesn't work out and then you just go on to the next thing. And if you don't submit it, then you'll never know the kinds of opportunities that can be opened up for you. Words of wisdom from Elise Harvey, the winner of the 2023 Young Playwrights Competition. Elise, thank you so much for joining us today. A big thanks to the Theater Project for having this podcast series happen. Again, I'm Brennan Columbia Walsh, and I'm extraordinarily grateful to host such a wonderful young playwright today. Thank you, Elise. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Theater Project Thinks About. Our audio engineers were Alex Gomez and Gary Glor. Our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit thetheaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please consider leaving a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.